It's time to say goodbye. Don't give up. You can't leave me now. I might regenerate. I don't know. Feels different this time. What was it you always told me, Doctor? Brave heart? Must survive. Too many of your enemies would delight in your death, Doctor. Brave heart? You're needed. You mustn't die, Doctor. Many of your enemies would delight in your death, Doctor. You know that. You mustn't die, Doctor. You know that. Adric, don't forget to subscribe to the official Doctor Who YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Doctor Who YouTube channel. You know that. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Doctor Who YouTube channel. You know that. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Doctor You know that. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Doctor Who YouTube channel. No, my dear Doctor, you must die. Don't forget to subscribe to the official Doctor Who YouTube channel. Die, Doctor. <laughs> you were expecting someone else? I... 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 That's three eyes and one breath makes you sound a rather egotistical young lady. What's happened? Change, my dear. And it would seem not a moment too soon. Quartin session! Quartin session! Welcome back to the Pulse Box, the podcast that puts Doctor Who in the dock. I'm Lee. I'm Dave. And I'm Cameron. <laughs> yeah, that's Here, right. <laughs> in person. Present. Guest star. Not a wee recording this time. Yeah, we should, we should really, as we do often these uh, podcasts, start with an apology to the listeners. Not for just everything, but uh, yeah. we have slacked off recently. We've done two episodes oh, last year. Yeah, you I have slacked off for weeks. <laughs> what a break from. <laughs> we did do two episodes last year, which is pretty paltry. Yes. Uh, I feel like we've been neglecting our loyal listenership, so... So we invited him here instead. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I thought what we'd do is, you know, just try and build bridges, because I feel like we've neglected them, so you do what you do in a normal sort of ailing relationship, you're bringing a third party to spice things up, <laughs> so you didn't read the contract, right? No, well, <laughs> I, I skimmed it, and I'm not a bit worried. Can, can I just ask one question before we begin? Yeah, sure, no problem. When do we get to take the blindfold off? <laughs> Never. 
Yep. Never ever. Never ever ever. Oh, Katie's kept it warm. Oh, oh, Katie has kept it warm. She's a lovely lass. Um, she hasn't moved lately though. No, no, but you know, we try to feed her every second. Yeah. It seems to have worked so far. Yeah, the blindfold might be warm, but she's not as warm as she used to be. No, the conversation kind of dwindled a bit. It ended up with being just, uh, and then there's nothing for the last yeah. couple of days. I've got a bit concerned. It's much like an average post box recording, yeah. really. That's uh, it really goes. Uh, right, we should probably say hello to any new listeners we pick up because we're on actual proper iTunes and that yeah, now. It's going all well. posh. So, uh, uh, hi and sorry. <laughs> uh, we should probably explain what we do. Uh, every episode, we take an episode of Doctor Who and put it on trial to decide whether it's guilty or not guilty of crimes against Doctor Who to try and build the proper canon of Doctor yeah. Who. None of your first five decades, Paul, but yeah. You know, it's always inevitably in the case of Andrew Zani, top of the list of whatever. This is the true canon that really counts, isn't it? Uh, is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we, can, we can rank them properly based on what people actually think, not what they say in front of their friends in public. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. So because there's three of us now, uh, it makes it a bit easier. Uh, one of us will prosecute. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we'll soon see. That, that's that. a plan, yeah. yeah. Uh, one of us will prosecute the episode, one of us will defend, and the third party, whoever that may be, in each individual episode, we'll uh, take on the role of adjudicator. Or uh, shit-stirrer. Shit yeah. In this case, shit-stirrer. Yeah. Although I think you've just got a sense so that you don't lose every week. No. No, <laughs> definitely not the case. Uh, so anyway, welcome. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll stick around. Yeah. Uh, I should say welcome to Cameron. I'm yeah. sorry. Thank you. You, know, you are one of us now. Well, yeah, I've signed up for this. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What was your birthday yesterday, wasn't it? It was, oh, aye. Yeah. We didn't actually wish him happy birthday on Twitter. Uh, uh, no, I'm really worried. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, as a special... behind him as we speak. As a special something, since it was your birthday, and as a sort of little welcome to the post right. box, a little present for you, Cam. Oh, all right. So, uh, Thank you very much. Cheers. Shall I open this now? Yeah, you can if you wish. In yeah. the recording. This makes great radio, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's under brushing paper always. <laughs> this is what's going to bring in the iTunes numbers. It is. Oh, thank you very much! Just for you, man. <laughs> that, oh, for the listeners at home, it's a, it's a Funko Pop of Jack Harkness, Captain oh. Jack. I'll have um, John Barrowman staring at me from a shelf. Clad in vinyl. For the second time yeah. in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Whilst I sleep. Yeah. That's a lot, he's your own little John Barrowman clad in vinyl, which is kind of... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, you'd think that would be a bit specialist, but he seems to be all the rage these yeah. days. Yeah. I mean, there was a little additional caravan to go with it, but uh, you can park it outside BBC Wales and beg for Torchwood to come back. Well, yeah. But that was a bit expensive, so I thought you, I'd just you, go for You that. don't come knocking when the caravan's rocking, so, <laughs> you know. So, but thank you very much. Uh, thank uh, you. I'm sure if your wife's anything like ours, she'll be really happy you brought yet more Doctor Who stuff over. <laughs> yeah, she'll be ecstatic. It'll be lovely. Um, she'll be like, yeah, it'll be... Either video game nonsense or Doctor Who stuff, and then yeah. Yeah, she'll love it. She'll be like, we, yeah. She and won't Dave, demand to move to a bigger house at all. <laughs> and Dave, so you don't feel left out. I've got you be something as well. Aww. So there you go. That's just for you, man. I always feel left out. <laughs> the way it's meant to be. <laughs> I'm scared because this is a different size box. It's not ticking. You think? It's not buzzing either. So it's quite long. Is it a police baton or something? <laughs> Anything's a dildo if you're brave enough. <laughs> Oh, my own little messy. Yeah, I thought I'd keep you a little John Sim company. Uh, I said, you got your own little Michelle Gomez to do with as you please. Yeah. <laughs> keep it clean. <laughs> Taste and decency, you know. Yeah. It's small, but it's bendable. <laughs> and it looks white clean as well. It does, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Here's your yeah, new present. I thought I'd keep Sim company. Uh, well, a little master shelf. That'll sit nicely. 
I did try to get you an Eric Roberts one, but he goes far too big for the box, so they couldn't crack Well, he was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, oh, so we're well, going to be sort of round about what happened while we've been away. It's yes. What has happened since uh, we've been we've away? We've killed again. We have killed again. Yeah. <laughs> for new listeners, uh, we do have a curse placed upon us by a white witch of the Dalkeith. Yep. Just in the hill. Barry Fry tried to lift the curse by pissing in a corner flag at Newton Green Star. Didn't work. Yeah. Uh, the Postbox curse is usually within about 24 hours of recording an episode. Yeah. We kill off somebody in the field of light and entertainment. So it, if, it's usually just when just before we record. Huh. So like just before, we'll be getting together and find out who's died this week. So today was Ken Dodd. Yeah, we've oh. uh, killed off Ken Dodd today. A little yeah. hours before we started recording. Uh, that how even that has a Doctor Who uh, connection to it as well? Well, yeah, I mean, that's why I didn't reveal the location of the cordon on Twitter this morning in case any hardcore Delta fans come up to kick yeah. our heads in. So, nice. uh, Ken Dodd died of a chest infection, so he was very tickled towards the end. Uh, oh, man. Actually, has anybody checked, on in his, checked in in his dad's dog? Just so you know, when you get to like checking the recording quality on this, that scraping sound you hear is you at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> But I think he was one of us, though, Kendall. You not only did he appear in Doctor Who, his recordings take about eight hours yeah. to complete as well. So uh, yeah, uh, I think we should maybe make him the patron seat of the post box. Kendall with the tickle stick. That's that it, the yeah. official emblem of the post box. <laughs> yeah. Tickling stick. <laughs> two of them crossed. <laughs> yeah, two of them crossed over the coat of arms. <laughs> a bunch of diddies underneath. Imagine, hey. us. <laughs> Imagine if his coffins like carried into the church for the diddy men. <laughs> It's like, yeah, it's really low. Oh, right. No. <laughs> it's what he would have wanted. It's what he would have wanted all the time, you know. Just wee hats all about that, yeah. So oh. that's the first kid all added to the list. We've killed uh, Paul Daniels, uh, Prince. Victoria Ward, Prince. Can I point Gonzo. out legally, by the way, when you say we've killed, it's like, you have, <laughs> I've just joined in. <laughs> no, you're now complicit in this. Oh. So, uh... Accessory after the fact. Oh no, I've been dropped into this. Basically what we're going to do, all the monies we get from the iTunes, we're going to uh, fly off to Spain and just leave you to face the music cavern. My favourite's just all an elaborate trap, mate. Oh yeah. no, and I've signed the forms and everything. Yep. I feel I feel like I've just, I feel like I've been a mug. Yep. <sighs> so, uh, anything else happened? Well, been away. I mean, they've started filming a new uh, series, haven't they? Well, yeah, there, yep. there, there is the, the little thing we should mention of, you know, the new series, The New Doctor. You know, oh, yeah, yeah. All, but, all oh, the I'm just going to play that to the side. But if you feel like it's important, you know, may as well mention I it. I feel like there's something we should mention about The New Doctor, but I can't remember what it might mm. be. Mm, yeah. Oh, it's the new logo, that's what it is. That's, that's it, yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah, important has changed apart from the logo. No, no, nothing to get folk upset about. No, no. no. It's, um, no, it's, no it's, of it's still a white person, so everyone's happy. Yeah. <laughs> it's all fine, you know. None of this interest Elba. They've not pandered to anyone by changing anything according to Twitter. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm glad Ian Levine took it well, though, in uh, his usual restrained fashion. So he uh, he's, he's, yeah. If he's happy, we are happy. Yeah, as oh, his yeah. Wikipedia page now says, former Doctor Who fan. <laughs> Is he spun the dummy out that much? I oh, think... somebody's edited the Wikipedia page that says, former Doctor Who fan. <laughs> and, well, I think we'll miss him. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> in a few years. Everyone needs the comedy value. And that's uh, what it provides. Pretty much. Mm, never mind. Ah, well. But yeah, Jodie Whittaker is the doctor now, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Northerner. <laughs> Northerner, no. That's the problem. Northerner. Well, she'll stick her in for one series and then bugger off then, won't she? Yeah. Because that's, uh, that's what happens if you're Northerner and then you're doctor. Cast. Take cast on these science fiction shows. And she refused to do anything to do with it ever again. Yep. Mm. 
Thus he realised he's not getting any other work anyway. He went there. He did go, he went, he always yeah. was there. That's yeah, really that's cruel. That's what I'm here for. I'd I had there. Dave down as a really sort of like kind-hearted person. He's he's showing this morning that he's yeah. I mean, he has a brutal edge. That journey up here I mean, is especially fraught. I mean, uh, yeah, how many tourists were nearly killed on the? Not enough. Make, not enough. Yeah. <laughs> nearly killed doesn't count. <laughs> I'm but shocked that front bumper stayed on. Yeah, I mean, that was quite a bit of loss that he managed to get off that bike into uh, yeah, yeah, the middle much. of the main road. Pretty much. Yeah. But, but we're not saying it wasn't impressive. It was legal, but yeah. you're not allowed to do that sort of thing. Man. I don't know that's how you do a red spray paint job on a car, though, is it? It's really, it's not, that's not what you do. But all we're saying is just concentrate on hitting your house in the car rather than people. Yes, that's fine. I'll remember all of these jokes. You're on a, you're on a safe legal stand in there. <laughs> uh, right, should we get back to the admin then of what happened last time in 1842 when we last done an episode? Yeah. Uh, I think we've done the horror of the Fang Rock. Which I can barely even remember what happens in that. <laughs> was that the last so one? Long. That yeah. was a last one, yeah. Really? That yeah. was that was our last episode. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so should we find out who it went then? Yeah, remind I mean, us. Who, who was prosecuting and who was defending? I can't remember. I've no I idea. Seem to remember was it Dave prosecuting and you defending? Right. Seem to remember that's we'll the way find it out who won and then Leo claim it. Well, okay, yeah, but, but I, I can twist the results to go that way then. Let's find out the results then. So, uh, last time we t- t- talked about the horror of Fang Rock and asked you if it was guilty or not guilty of crimes against Doctor Who. The results, 8% said guilty, so a whopping 92% oh. said not guilty of crimes against Doctor Who. Yep, I've had a look at the old notes and uh, I was prosecuting, you were defending. Excellent. So I'll, I'll claim that as a, well, I was going to say a small victory, but it's quite some margin there. That's Is fine. That probably the biggest one we've ever had. You're yeah. really clutching at straws with this one, aren't you? <laughs> now, it's yeah. like, I might be way behind the league table, but hey, it's a good margin. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's like bloody Southampton or something saying, ah, well, there might be this many points behind Man City, but we won for nothing yeah. against Burnley. <laughs> no, but I always claim the moral victories. I can't yeah. claim any other ones, so... Uh, there we go, so that goes into the canon of uh, Doctor Who. Awesome. So Won't we should. be uh, cast aside yet. A, nope. a wise choice from half of nope. our listeners, I think. Yeah. Shall we get on to uh, this episode then? We shall. Yeah. Well, so what we decided to go for, rather than the usual uh, envelopes of justice, we've picked an episode each this time around. Uh, this was your choice, Dave, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. I yeah. don't know why. Is so, that regret, I hear? Uh, no. I, I can't I can't believe that anyone would try and prosecute this. This is why I don't know why. Well <laughs> I, I picked the T V movie. What is it you said, Dave? You said on Twitter you said I didn't anticipate meeting you in person. So you obviously didn't anticipate me of all people coming here <laughs> yeah. and prosecuting. I invite this. you into my home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is how I'm gonna repay you this dire trash. <laughs> which you've said if there wasn't a TV movie there wouldn't it be the new series. No. Mm. We'll get to that. <laughs> okay. But no. <laughs> I'm starting off my old here. <laughs> I'm used to Lee's passive aggressive just rolling over and letting me rip into things. This is this could be For too long you have got away with this, sir. For too long. Right, that's it. Stop the recording. No more of this. So let's put it into the guest. Let's give him a real run for his money. This time we're going to do the TV movie. And if you've never seen the TV movie before, here's what it's about. I always... Dress for the occasion. Space, 1999. 
Well, okay, it's 1996, but what's a few years between Time Lords? The Doctor and the Master, who after a particularly leery night out, has been exterminated for his crimes in time, you know how these lads weekends get, are on the way to Gallifrey. Unfortunately, due to a skipping record causing a cup of tea to fall over, the TARDIS malfunctions and deposits the Doctor in San Francisco. The Doctor is duly gunned down, fulfilling a lifelong wet dream of Jonathan Powell, and the Master escapes to channel his inner England football fan and wreak havoc in a foreign city. No cafe furniture was handed in the making of this production. The Doctor regenerates into Pim off the upper hand, or called the midwife or whatever, and teams up with the Doctor, clever, for an action-packed adventure involving stunts, car chases, gang warfare, clocks, and big special effects. Just like you used to get in a good old BBC budget. It's Doctor Who the TV movie! Written by Matthew Jacobs, directed by Jeffrey Sachs, and produced by Peter Wheeler and Matthew Jacobs, with uh, Philip Segal and Joel Wright. Broadcast on the 12th of May 1996 in Canada, 14th of May 1996 in the USA, and the 27th of May 1996 in the UK. Viewing figures, uh, there's not any available for Canada. Really? Ah, oh, there must be no battering seal cubs that day, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 5.6 million viewers in the USA, and 9.1 million in the UK. Uh, Star Paul McGann, Fister McCoy as a doctor, Daphne Ashbrook as Grace, Yiji So, friend of the podcast, as uh, Chang Lee, and Eric Roberts as the master. Yeah. Right, guys, uh, opening statements, who's about to go first? Well, I'll d- since I'm defending, I'll go first. Uh, right. I don't think Doctor Who would have come back without the TV movie. It might have eventually, but I don't think it would have come back as quickly. Because they saw there was money to be made there. And yes, I know it took a few years. Nine years. I said of that, a few years does not just be that precise. Nine years. <laughs> Less than a decade. I could understand, well, yes, but I could understand the argument if it was like a year, 18 months, and they suddenly went, look at this skyrocketing success, look at this wonderment, we're bringing this back. Well, it was the olden days, it took a while for it to come out on VHS, then for them to get the sales figures back on VHS, realised there was a gap in the market. Realised that they shouldn't let any Canadians or Americans anywhere near it ever again. <laughs> and then find the funding to make it in Wales. Already, he's starting to pick flaws in his own argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah that problem's developing here. I mean, we're talking about figures and sales and not letting Yanks anywhere near Doctor Who. Let's concentrate on the real crime straight off the bat here. Those fucking Dalek voices. I mean, were Pinky and Perky especially hired in to provide the voice acting for that, or...? I'm glad you're being impartial on this one, Lee. It's good. Well, you know, I like to put it in both sides. He has to go with what he feels is necessary. (laughs) And if that is ripping into this horrendous pile... (laughs) I I am just bringing it to people's attention. Yes, yes. So, uh, the Dalek voices. Yeah, but that's gone in the first few minutes. After that, it's clear. And we're straight into proper Doctor Who territory. (laughs) Where you've got the Master as a shape-shifting snake alien. It's canon, isn't it? (laughs) They've kept true to the form. always been a shape-shifting snake alien yeah. all along. Yeah. It's yeah. always happened with the budget of those. So never. Never. No, never. But I think that was the only mistake is calling the big bad guy the master. If they hadn't done that, it's actually quite a good Doctor Who story. So if this had... So if Eric Roberts had they been playing anyone else on the entire story... Any, any other villain... 
if he hadn't included the mushrooms called any other villain, it would have been fine. Because it's a shapeshifting alien that inhabits people, takes uh-huh. them over, makes them evil, and tries to stop the Doctor by stealing bits of the TARDIS. That's pretty much every other Doctor Who story. It's a good Doctor Who story. But it's also the foundation of some of the other much better Doctor Who stories, <laughs> Oh, I'm not saying it's the best yeah. ever. I'm saying it is a Doctor Who story. No, Cam- Cameron does have a point there. It does share a lot of elements with a really great Doctor Who story called Time Flight, which uh, but we'll get to in due course. <laughs> At no point does Eric Roberts go, shalabim, shalabim, shalabim. <laughs> that would have been a reference and a half, wouldn't it? I don't know. I think it might be in the outtakes. <laughs> I can see him doing that. As he chews the scene. Anyway. <laughs> so it's like it's like in the last Christmas special, the special reshot bits of the tenth planet. Yeah. For this they've just got Eric Roberts then to do time flight. Because that's what everybody wants. Eric Roberts doing time flight. I would quite happily just get rid of all the missing episodes. Never never see them again. Just if I could have that. That's, well that would be fine. I'd be happy. No, I think yeah, it's a good Doctor Who story badly done. I think the Doctor character is the Doctor. He works as the Doctor. He's just as mental as later Doctors, and I don't think you can argue with that one. So we've got the Doctor, that's locked in. You've not disagreed, so the Doctor is good in the movie. No, you've not disagreed. I'm I'm allowing you the space. (laughs) To hang myself. I'm lying in wait. (laughs) Here's some more rope. And when you hoist yourself on your own petard, I will be here, waiting for you. Pulling that lever for the trunk door. (sighs) It's a good Doctor Who story as well. While we're addressing the Doctor then, should Sylvester McCoy had been in this? Because there's the argument that it confused the audience if they're not well versed in Doctor Who. Like, here's this guy that he should have opened up with Paul McGann as the, the Doctor. Was this not the same argument, though, they did the complete reverse for Rose? Because everyone argued that it should have been Paul McGann in the first ten minutes of Rose, and then him regenerating into, so, um, into Chris Brackleston. That was brought up. But then they always said that, no, that would have totally thrown everyone, because you would have been, oh, here's some guy, and he's going to completely change. Yeah. And it's the complete reverse here, and the fact that we are going to have a regeneration, and he's not, like... They kind of establish it at the start, because he does talk about the Masters 13 lives, but that's obviously changed a bit yeah. since. Because um, the start of this is so... Unbelievably nineties. It's yeah, it it's shockingly weird to see. It's like you know, it, it, the the title sequence and the theme tune are pretty much. You kind of feel the BBC would have done at the time for the old series had they actually had a budget for it. Yeah, yeah. And the theme tune to this, by the way, the version that's here is god awful. <laughs> That's the first thing that springs to mind when I, I was watching. And we're seeing this after hindsight of series ten's theme tune. Oh yeah, I really heard it. Years. I really, yeah. oh god. <laughs> no, sorry. Sorry, it's Mary Gold in the room. Yes, Mary, calm down. Sorry, Dave. I keep I keep feeling I'm interrupting you. No, that, no, that's fine. Um, Is that yeah. your opening statement? Which I've interrupted and kind of trampled on already. <laughs> Not that I was champing at the bit for this one at all, you understand? No, no, no it's fine. Say, <laughs> been all nicey nicey on the way up here, haven't I? Nice, no, yeah. The gloves come off, I'm, I'm kind of shocked and sad, and yeah. Here I am. <laughs> but no, I think it's a good Doctor Who story. It's just. It has elements yeah. of a good Doctor Who story, but I would argue they do not gel together at all because it cannot decide on what it wants to be. Okay. Shall we get into the nuts and bolts of the story then? We'll start at the very start. Yeah, uh, yes. Not at all continuity heavy. Uh, but we start off with Planet Scarrow, where the uh, Master's on trial. 
Yep. Getting exterminated by the tinny Daleks. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to the TARDIS. And I've, come on, I've, I think we should have something about the TARDIS set in this. Because it's pretty impressive. The Victorian gentleman TARDIS. Yeah. Yeah. The Jules Verne TARDIS. It's um, kind of very similar to Capaldi's, isn't it? With all the books and libraries and things like that. And yes, you yeah. can see there's a sort of foundation for Capaldi's TARDIS to be in here. Um, bit of a jump from McCoy's um, originally from the BBC <laughs> show, but never mind. That may also be budgetary as well. No, so maybe, slightly. It seems to have gained a, a rather expansive inner chamber now. Yeah. And, Yes, and um, it seems like an entire castle yeah. inside of it, as we'll get into later. But he's still got his vinyl collection to listen to. <laughs> you know, he's ditched Courtney Pines cassettes, though. I mean, he's obviously moved into the more specialist areas of jazz. Yeah, no, that's a, pretty much. The jazz doctor. Going up in face is still there. No, 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 no. no. Um, there seems to be a genuine desire in this opening sequence to really hammer the whole, hammer home the fact that this is about time travel. To anyone who's <laughs> unaware, the amount of clocks, clocks, as we'll get in, <laughs> as seemingly to be a reoccurring theme, because it's about time, isn't it? And uh, there's a 900-year diary, and what do you know, he's reading H.G. Wells' Time Machine, just to really hammer that one home and, you know, pump the audience in the face with that information. I know the subtitle of the, the episode is technically The Enemy Within, but I think it should have been just clocks! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Doctor, Doctor Who, Who, the, the TV, TV movie. movie. Clocks! Clocks! <laughs> Which is weird, because they don't actually do any time travelling through the whole movie. They no. just talk about it a lot. Exactly. They just talk about it. establish that he's a time traveller. <laughs> yeah. And there is elements of clocks. <laughs> I can travel through time. I'm a time traveller. Shall we go through time? No. No, let's not this. It's far too dangerous. Let's stay here. And, and this unnamed um, North American city, which we never define. It's, um... Yeah, it's, it's really awkward, this opening sequence, with the whole... I can't. He seems to place the master in a wee chest at one end of the TARDIS. He goes and has his wee cup of tea and his little jazz music, and then the master, as as is happened, is 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 not dead. Yeah. In any shape, size, or form. Well, in a form of snot, basically. <laughs> and um, then he's it's it is a request that should never have granted because um, yeah he uh, breaketh out. Well, it dribbles out. Yeah, it is kind of a little bit like a medical complaint, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, you know, he'll just ooze. Sorry, I've got a touch of the master at the moment. Yes. Hand hand me the tissues. (laughs) Touch of the master at the moment. There's special pants you can buy for that. Yeah. Um, Time of trickle is a recognised disease, you know. (laughs) So I don't don't think we should mock the afflicted here. Let's let's be be sensitive. Yes. That sounds like a new Twitter account you're going to come on with soon. (laughs) Time Lord Trickle. Um, Yeah, and then we um, obviously have to have McCoy... Popping off the mortal coil sometime, and um, not the man himself, obviously, he's still around. We haven't killed him yet, have we? (laughs) For now. (laughs) Give it a couple of hours. Give it a couple of hours, and yeah, once we get in the car, uh, yeah. Um, And then he is, um, he he, steps outside um, to be involved in what appears to be the smallest piece of gang warfare (laughs) you've ever seen in your life. It's like like that um, kid's version of Bugsy Malone. They all seem to be yeah. like, you know, a 10-year-old with machine guns. Yep. It's a very, very CBBC sort of gang, isn't it? It's, it is a bit, uh, yeah. It is. It, it is the, the, you have to kind of believe that three people with submachine guns 
um, can only hit him the twice. Yeah. From like a range of about ten meters. Yeah. It's just a bit strange. They're also very clean looking, happy, smiley gangsters. They are a bit, yeah. There's no dirty tattoos or any of that nonsense about them. No, not really. No, no. Um, I found that a bit odd. Yes. So yeah. quite rides in the scene. Uh, steps at the TARDIS and is shot. Yeah. Yes. Welcome to America. <laughs> yeah. Here's a bullet. Um, it's 22 years ahead of its time. Yeah. Um, so hi. I bet the National Rifle Association would be delighted with that um, promotional footage of <laughs> Doctor Who. He wouldn't have died if he'd been carrying a gun. No, 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 no. Because what you need to combat people with a gun is a good doctor with a gun. Yep. Listen, if that had been Colin Baker stepping in on that he would have rushed in without being armed. He yep. could have sorted that out. He could have, fine. He didn't need a weapon. No, 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 didn't need a weapon. Yeah, um, I've just, I've, I've got, you know when you write notes and you're not quite sure um, exactly what sort of mood you're in at the time, but I've written down here in quite sizable lettering, the master jizzes through the keyhole. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't say which direction. Yeah. But. <laughs> and for listeners at home, if you want to see that, it's in the deleted scenes of the special edition DVD. <laughs> yep. Eric Roberts just a smile on his face, these strange lizard eyes that make no sense, <laughs> jizzing through a keyhole. <laughs> That's definitely going to be the Easter egg on the DVD, isn't it? Yeah. No any presentation stuff, no off air recordings, just Eric Roberts fiercely wanking in a keyhole. Yeah. That was going to be the gift we were going to get you for your birthday, a mock-up of the keyhole. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't have time for it. Yeah. Yeah, Funko Pop don't do that in the range. In fact, it's a bit of a gap in the market, really. Yeah. You should really go for it. <laughs> Masturbating characters from Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. You're right there, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't touch it. I mentioned about that. He was actually campaigning for it to happen. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps sending them samples. Why not going to sell samples that John Barrowman sends out? No, no, not really. No, at all. Caring and loving fans everywhere. Torchwood trickle. <laughs> I think that's a new episode, is it? No. Uh, yeah. Uh, where were we? Yes. Um, Jizzing through a keyhole. <laughs> he's the the doctor. Then rushed off the hospital. Um, and then we have the character of Grace who has uh, gone to the opera, seemingly whilst on call. Yeah. I'm no doctor. Not sure if you'd, why you'd do that. <laughs> well, you know what the opera's like. You can't get tickets all that often if you're a high-powered surgeon, you know. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> it's the only option she had. Yes, leaving her mobile phone on in a performance, and then... And where did she hide her mobile phone in that dress as well? Well, she is sitting very uncomfortable in her seat, so well, yeah, I think possibly. we've answered that question. Who knows? Who knows? Also, like, I thought it was quite nice of the young Asian gangster to take the injured man to the hospital. Because, you know, that's what you do if you're at a crime scene and you're facing charges of attempted murder. You help out. You, you help around. out. You just help because if you help out, it looks like you've done nothing wrong. Yeah. As you'll know, Dave. I do. Um, <laughs> I was giving them CPR. I was. I just found them like I was giving them officer. CPR. I have no idea where the knife came from. Yep. It just fell from the sky. Yep. I tried um, to catch it. And that's why it's got my fingerprints on it. Yep. And uh, yes, and oh, 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 the dead. Oh, shame. Never mind. Oh, you can actually see the ribs. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Um, so, yeah, the Asian kid helps the doctor for no good reason. But to be honest, that's probably, if we're going to describe Grace uh, and, and this fella as, as um, companions, as they always seem to be, yeah. then that's probably the most companion like thing this guy does throughout the entirety of this story. Yes. Yeah. Definitely more the master's cool yeah, companion, totally rather than being an actual companion to the doctor. Yeah. I'd totally forgotten how, you know, because 
you know, these two were portrayed as, you know, they're going to be with the Doctor, and yeah, and they're not at all. Yeah, they were portrayed as like almost a threesome. Yeah, and that's where the Time Lord trickle comes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But well, you can almost see the posters with the Doctor in the middle and one of them on each side of him. Yeah. And it was like the three of them on adventures, but it wasn't. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, I've got another one here saying, McCoy is probably going to get a longer regeneration than Tennant at this rate. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, come on, it's never going to be that long. No, he's not got like three weeks to sort of walk around and yeah. sort of say goodbye to everyone. And I don't want to go. I'm going to go wave at everyone for a while. I don't want to go. As I've hung around for so long. Um, yeah, uh, and just, there's a sort of end note here for, I've got for uh, the, the sort of final sequ- the starting sequence of it. So this is pretty graphic for an evening broadcast. What time was this on? I actually remember this being on about six or seven o'clock at night. Yeah. It was in the UK. I uh, evening. Because I kind of only half watched it at the time because I, ironically enough, had a history essay to do for school, which I managed to weave into the last night possible. <laughs> That's what you do. That's <laughs> so I was sitting. I was probably writing a thousand words on the cholera epidemic in Dumfries at this point in time, which is a Doctor Who story that they've never done. Which is still going on to this day. Yeah, I was going to say, was that a history essay or just what? That was uh, modern studies. Yeah. It's fine, Gavin, in the past has just handed in a notebook with clocks written on it. <laughs> yeah. Covers everything, all of time. He's time travelling, he's time travelling. Um, it's, it's, it, this is my first point, it doesn't know whether it wants to be science fiction time travel, um, a medical drama. Later on, we get a little bit of a horror movie, which is coming in a wee bit with the morgue. And then there's a bit of rom com in there. It seems to have been they've just chucked every single genre in there just to see what hits best. Yeah. That's what's so good about it. And you're nodding and smiling and agreeing to this like it's the best thing ever. They're not afraid of trying new things. They're not stuck with the old tropes of Doctor Who. Try new things, but maybe one or two with an established form underneath, yeah? No, just try that. Well, well, we need to change the tone now, guys. They are trying a lot of new things, but in the space of an 80-minute team movie. It's almost like they had things in a hat, and every 10 minutes they had to pick something new out of the hat to try. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's like it's the director sat there kind of going, Change! Yeah. Because the only other thing he's probably said is, Clocks! <laughs> we need more clocks! Make them all go off. Make them all go off. Get me digital! Get me wind-up! Get me alarm! Get me all the clocks! Surely people have seen Back to the Future. <laughs> that started with clocks. I'm yeah. going to start with clocks as well. Damn you. In that accent as well. Is there a wrong thing? There's nothing wrong with being inspired by Back to the Future. I'd say it's... Probably. It's an homage to time travel films. <laughs> it's um, Without the time travel. <laughs> Without the time travel. But I'm glad you're being impartial. You're really not just helping I, 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 on the fire. I am being impartial. I'm pointing out flaws on both sides. That check is in the post. Thanks, man. No problem. <laughs> you can leave the suitcase at Waverley Station later. I will do. Oh, yeah, fine. Yeah. No problem. Um, and we're then introduced to uh, uh, Bruce the paramedic. <laughs> Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> Such an everyman name for an everyman kind of actor. <laughs> what a, what a lovely, uh, yes. There's, there's something very every about Eric Roberts. There is. In every sense. In general. Yeah. yeah. Has Eric Roberts been in anything else other than this of note? Uh, I actually meant to look it up today and there was nothing I could think of, but I didn't look it up. He is. Same, like, he is more a... famous for being Julia Roberts' bra. Yeah. Than any sort of acting role he's ever... I think he's probably been in a lot of things, it's just that none of them are any good apart from this. 
We can probably give you this, that this is Eric Roberts' pinnacle of his career. <laughs> right? I'll, I, will, I will give you that <laughs> as a little bone to snack on, right? This is Eric Roberts at the peak of his powers. And my God, my word. He's not obviously the master at this first juncture. He is yeah. merely Bruce the paramedic. Yeah. Who of you are to believe... Um, in the scene because he's back home now having taken in the doctor into hospital and uh, the master has um, shall we say secreted himself in in Bruce's uh, paramedics uh, uniform which if you're to believe he doesn't seem to want to wash no Um, because why would you do that you know long shift on an ambulance treating gunshot wounds you just go home in your uniform. You just go home and you sling it across the seat. Yeah. You know, and it's it's fine. You know, had he had he actually maybe put it in a washing machine, like you would do for the official advice if you're you know you're near a Russian spy poisoning. Yep. Then you know, bold two and one would wash the master away, and none of this would have ever happened. <laughs> it would be a very short film. It would be a very short film. Yeah. If I might just jump in with some wicky facts right oh, now. Uh, oh, here we go. A bit, a bit of uh, a bit of factual content to the podcast. Eric Anthony Roberts. Oh. Anthony Ainley Roberts. As an American actor, I don't know if you knew that. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Things I, you I find out in Wikipedia. On an accent. <laughs> His career began with a leading role in King of the Gypsies, uh, nineteen seventy-eight. Make your own jokes here, for which he received his first Golden Globe Award nomination. Uh, well also, done, Eric. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nominated for Golden. Recognised at last. Well done. Uh, also appeared as Paul Snyder in Bob Fosse's Star Eighty in nineteen eighty-three, which he again was recognised for in the Golden Globes. Uh, appeared <laughs> very recognisable, yes. And uh, also appeared in Runaway Train in 1985 as prison escapee Buck McGeehee, uh, which earned him nominations for a third Golden Globe. So, oh, three nominations, no one so far. Did he get nominated for a Golden Globe for this? Um, <laughs> I'll have a look. Because this might not be the pinnacle of his career in that case. <laughs> might be a Golden Clock. Oh, yeah, Clocks! Uh, clocks! <laughs> Uh, I'll have a little scroll down. I wouldn't hold your breath. Uh, I was. <laughs> Please don't ruin my day and tell no. me that. Do you know wasn't. what? Uh, he, he was nominated as Best Actor in a Miniseries as a motion picture made for television, but not for Doctor Who, the TV movie. So. Uh, I take it back, this isn't the pinnacle of no. Eric Roberts' career, so you've really not that. Yeah, even him at his best. And he's still unforgettable. Also memorable was in the L Word, uh, Law and Order Special Victims Unit, CSI Miami, and is uh, also a recording artist. Is he? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, also been in a Ja Rule video for Down Ass Bitch. I know the song, but I don't know the video. Yeah. I think we used to sing that in school. <laughs> Assembly every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jogging, we start off with Lola's Prayer and followed by Down Ass Bitch. And we'll file out of the room in single file, please. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Will everyone please be upstanding <laughs> for the national anthem? Anyway, so we're at the point uh, where McCoy's been rushed to hospital, and Grace has arrived on the scene at this point. Now, given that she was howling and greeting at the opera to Puccini's Madame Butterfly, why then did she get herself in the relaxed frame of mind by listening to the same fucking song? It doesn't really fill you full of confidence in your subject that she's going to be sobbing in your open wounds. Well, how do you defend this? Um, I don't even have to. What am I <laughs> no, well, I'm answer your question, Cameron. How do you defend this? <laughs> Please. <laughs> I think maybe you know the, the, she has some sort of medieval belief that if you know crying tears into the wounds will heal, 
being what she's <laughs> no, no, yeah. no. This is the bit where it goes a bit ER. This bit. Well, she left the opera early to go back yes. to being a heart surgeon working in her dress. Yes. I don't know why she didn't put scrubs on. Uh, no, she doesn't actually. Yeah. She actually does surgery in her opera dress. Yes. Aye, actually, there's another. Which is very theatrical of her. But I think it's because she missed the end of the opera. Because she's a good doctor. She just wanted to like finish the episode, as it were. <laughs> so she thought, you know what? I, I was enjoying that. I don't want to lose the frame of mind of that. So I'll leave the dress on. We'll leave the opera on. If this is an episode of ER, we have been denied the best crossover possible of Paul McGann and River Song. True. Must True. Be nice, yes. stays off though. So yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. There you go. But yeah, so she's done, she does the surgery, gets some X-rays done, and you would need X-rays on on a gunshot victim to see if there's any shrapnel that you'd missed in case it was blocking veins. So they do X-rays several times, and they keep you know it's a double exposure. It's fine. And I was thinking at the time, wouldn't you just check if the machine works? Yeah, that seems to be a sort of thing that they. Yeah. Don't really what it's like. That's a double exposure. Uh, yeah, um, do it, it again. Yeah, it do it again. Yeah. yeah, we did it twice. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. still two hearts. Aye. Yeah. Aye, there we go. Let's so investigate this. And we hammer that point home as well. He's got two hearts <laughs> and more than two clocks. Switch off. The now, come on, they don't see below the waist up beneath the cover. No, well, they don't indeed, know about. Indeed. They don't uh, know about McCoy's two clocks. Yes. <laughs> um. I've got a note here. Says, this is the strangest master body takeover thingy ever. Yeah. Because this is just all kinds of wrong. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. Because I mean, how many up until this point? How many sort of takeover master body things have you had? The sort of most memorable ones probably. In um, I've forgotten the name. Oh, right the keeper of tracking. That's the one. Yeah. yeah so I was going to say Logopolis, but I thought it was the one before that, uh, where you just kind of. Mixes with three masks in a kind of like fairy kind of thing, and say hey, that's it. Yeah. And mainly see your master for the next ten years. Um, but this is a bit weird and a bit once again a bit graphic for this time of evening. Yeah, the nineties well, were a were a, a were a wild west. It's very it's very dark and realistic, if you can call it that. Basically, what we've got here is a massive python being thrust down a man's throat. So it's a nice callback to the GNT and Gary Downey years of Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's. Uh, it's a nod to the past. Yeah. yeah. It's another homage to history. It is, yeah. It's honouring the history of the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then um, he is um, now the master, it would seem, in, in Bruce's body. Yeah. Uh, Bruce is dead. Um, well, Bruce is occupied. We don't know he's dead. I don't think he's coming back from that. No. I mean, tell us, tell us, Dave, if you if you've come back from having a python thrust down your throat, then you tell us. If that happens, you never go back to the same place. You never come back. You're never the same again. But but maybe in the course of three days, he was going to pass the master. <laughs> a bit of time will trickle. Yeah. See, it all comes back around. All comes back. Um. I'm oh, sorry, but every time you say Bruce's, I'm just, I'm just getting forsaken in my head. <laughs> well, nice to see you. To Don't. see you now. <laughs> He ends up. Does he not end up killing his wife? Ah, uh, yeah. Or he killing the does. woman who is yeah. Bruce's wife. Yeah. Aye, and that's it. And With a tender clutch round the throat. Yeah, yeah. In a kind of Charles Saatchi. Yeah. Nigel Lawson kind of way. Um, it's all meant. It was all just 
completely what normal couples do. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's all fine. In the middle of restaurants. Part of a loving relationship. Part of a loving relationship to wrap your hands around your wife's throat in public. It's <laughs> all that happens. It's, you can do anything as long as you've got money. Anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on. God. Are the lawyers aware of uh, the, the recording of this podcast? Well, we'll, we'll clear it, it's fine. Are the legal department yeah. okay with all this? But we, yeah. we shove envelopes under tables, it's all fine. That's, that's fine, that's right. no problem at all, that's fine. Um, and we drop in more suitcases in Waverley. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Right, that, that's also how we get rid of the bodies, usually. Just drop in suitcases. Ah, oh, right. Oh, well, well, that's okay, then. that's fine. That's so fine. join us next time for the next episode of Paul's Box with just me and Dave. Because yeah. <laughs> I'll be away in Mexico <laughs> I'll be called Juan and um, I'll grow a beard I'll be fine I'll be the one with the big sombrero anyway <laughs> that was a diversion um, yeah so, so the master has just choked Bruce's wife to death which shows that he's evil I think you probably got that by the fact he's leaning in the window going, I am the master. <laughs> yeah, but he, but he actually kills somebody, prob- which doesn't happen that often. That is a very broad depiction of evil, let's be fair. It is, yeah, <laughs> once no, again. There's no subtlety involved. Yeah. No, there's, not subtle, there's no subtlety in this for the next eight, like 80 minutes or It's nothing. Um, yeah, and that's that sequence over and done with. So we've already got, we have the master established. He's no longer a... Sort of weird, sort of slithering condom thing. Yeah. And uh, he's now a fully functioning human. Slithering, leaking, filled condom. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah. That's... He's, be- he's become the lizard-eyed burst of evil. Yes. And uh, that, we're at the races, as yeah. I say, until we get our uh, the doctor back, um, who's currently on a gurney. Yeah. And has been declared very much dead uh, via both hearts. And um, I've just written down here, why would you watch Frankenstein in a morgue? Because why not? It's just a bit... Why? A bit, a bit over the top. A bit why would you watch a film in a morgue for a start? Yeah. Because you've got loads of peace and quiet. Well, I, well he isn't. No. <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably very inappropriate. I mean, it is like watching Jim will fix it in a crash. Yeah. I was trying to think of. <laughs> really, why are you trying to think of that camera? Ticking, and ticking, and ticking. In the back of my head, ticking away. Like a clock. Like a clock. There's just gonna be all these spikes in the waveform. Yeah. There's a bit of a camera and just says clock again. So I've just written it down here. It just gets bigger and bigger the text. Um, and I've just gone here. It's it's a really quick regeneration. This. Yeah, there's not a lot of uh, preamble to it. It's very you know, sort of clean, functional. To the, we've, out of the way. we've had the kind of like death part, and then you kind of like that kind of goes on and on and on and on and on and on, and then the actual sort of nitty gritty regeneration change happens in about three seconds. Or something. Yeah. And there's no like you know these days we've got fire coming out the arms and the heat and it all kind of yeah. goes and it's things fall down and everything's ablaze. And this was just like, and that's it. Yeah. New person. Well done. You're now a Victorian gentleman. <laughs> yeah. Who it would seem, regardless of just like wrapping himself in a shroud and being very, very cold, manages seemingly to punch his way through a steel door. It's a remarkable show of strength for somebody who's been dead for the past 20 minutes yes. and has just regenerated. But he's got all that regeneration energy. 
That's what that is. <laughs> what, so we could actually regenerate a mallet hammer? <laughs> yes. As well, connected yes. to his arm and just batter that and go, oh, well, that's all. Uh, so anything can first happen in that first 12 hours. Anything can anything happen, can happen yeah. in that yeah. first 12 hours. His so, form isn't finalised, so he was Mr. T for a second or two, alright? And he's pushed the door open. <laughs> And then he changed back. Can you it. actually, for a second, picture Mr. T as Doctor Who? <laughs> Can you actually just take two yes. seconds? Yes. I can't decide if that's going to be the worst thing or the most awesome thing in the world, even just for one episode. And I think going back to the car conversation, our remake of Highlander, Mr. T, he would be great. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. If Mr. T was Clancy Brown. There could be only one fool. That would work. A pity the fool! <laughs> Fades away! <laughs> Someone, burns out. someone trying to hack away at his neck and can't get through all the jewellery. <laughs> that would be it, yeah, you just, yeah. Like, you'd be that final moment where you just swing a sword and just like, clink. Why on earth are we wasting our time doing a Doctor Who podcast when we could we could just We could be reading so well. Highlander here. Yeah. And it would yeah. be incredible. Can you imagine? Gee, God. So yeah, Mr. T as the Doctor would work. Yeah. Mm. I just, they'd just walk around the place going, Daleks, fools! Yeah. <laughs> Well, while they shoot their lasers at him and it bounces off the gold. Yeah, that would be amazing. Cybermen. Oh, can you imagine? They wouldn't touch him. They wouldn't touch they would him. They would worship him as a god. <laughs> yeah, they'd just be too shit scared to do anything about it. It would only work at this stage in the timeline, though, because time flight's a no-go, because he's not going to get in any airplane. Nope. No, so, exactly, yeah. You know, that's, just that's no, he, would, he would have a glass of milk and then he would just <laughs> yeah. pass out for the entire episode and it would all be Nyssa from there oh, on Christ, in. no. It all be just Nyssa with her exaggerated... Anyway, we'll get to that. Um, right, uh, I've just got here, yeah, uh, comedy fainting. And then clocks! <laughs> yeah. And then he kind of, like, once... Fella in the morgue has passed out, and then he kind of like the doctor walks through a couple of doors in the hospital. He seems to go from the morgue to some kind of really weird, dilapidated part of the hospital that has no roof. They're showing his mental state. He's confused. He's disoriented. He doesn't know what's going on. I just assumed it was cutbacks at the hospital. So did that, I. That, that's yeah. how they showed it. That's why it was a ward that had been struck by a hurricane for no apparent reason. See, I think that was the director's <laughs> choice to show the doctor's mental state. It was a bold choice, I'll give him that. And I'm not sure if it worked. But I think it was the director's choice. It's the mental state of walking into a room going, Shy, he's got no roof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is everything at a funny angle? Everything at a funny angle, it's raining. Yeah. Inside. Christ. Inside. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Um, There's a lot of fuss being made about that scene, actually, because he adopts a very Christ-like pose at the very end when he's questioning who he is. Now, that's, that's nothing, because you can go down to Grant and Morrison's and see people walking around in bed sheets on yeah. a Sunday morning who don't know who they are. Yeah. They're not Christ. Well, some of them are. 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 Some of then we get to the point of stealing clothes from a hospital again, which I can't decide if it's sort of just because they're there or if it's a nice little nod back to speed from space that no one in America would ever get. <laughs> yeah, it's a nod to the fans. He looks like a man who's given up already. There's panic in his eyes. I always look like a man who's given up already. That's just how I look. For the purposes of the tape, Dave is now reclining in his chair, looking, trying to look relaxed, but there's a look of a... Uh, 
grimace and some fear. I don't no, think so. No, it's fine. And there's also. No. Sorry, sorry. Just breathing. Good. Keep doing that. I've got. Good. Thanks, my thanks for that, Doctor Grace Holloway. Keep breathing, it'll be fine. Keep breathing, it'll be fine. I'm off to the opera. I'm off to the opera. Um, I've got a note on here saying, how long does it take them in the hospital to clean up tea spills? Because it seems to be like a couple of hours after all this has happened, and then there's still some fella mopping up this tea that's spilled on the floor after they, they kind of like barged in the first time round. <laughs> it's actually not the tea spill, it's the snake master. Yeah. The puddle just keeps nice. reforming. Yeah, there's just resistance. Yeah, it's just the residue. It's just there yeah, for ages. The, the, mob, the mob just won't see my lift there, it's really weird. It gets slops around. <laughs> You know, in all the preparation for this episode and all the watching, I never thought we'd pick up with the guy in the mop. Well, well, he's 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 He'll probably be... he's given a better performance at this point than Edward Roberts. <laughs> so, although I don't know if he's been nominated for the Golden Globe. There's furniture in the hospital that's given a better performance than Eric yes, Roberts. Yes, probably. Point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's obvious during the like lead up to this, Eric Roberts has probably gone right. I'm playing the master. Who is he? And they've went well. Um, here's some reference material. And they've given him Anthony Amelia his worst. Yeah. yeah. And that's what he's based this on. Yeah. He's thought to himself, I have to do this my own way, so I'm going to wrap it all the way up. I can see the subdued English guy doing this. I'm going to make it American. And that's what he does. And he makes it completely over the top. Yeah, in his defence, though, he, he, he does play slightly subdued for the first 10 seconds. Yeah. So, you know, he, the first, does, does, yeah. First, first 10 seconds. When Until the eyes change, and then he becomes the master. And then he's the master. Call me the master. Um, it's 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 kind of a, a performance akin to another kind of body takeover. Where it's the fella in Men in Black with sugar water. <laughs> it's the same idea. Yeah, anyway, so this thing is clocks. <laughs> Give me clock. Um, I got here. The doctor has to escape. Um, and then um, Bruce turns up looking like Pam and Land Arnie. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's it. And um, I don't know why I've put it down here. Brian is a prick who seemingly has Pickford's on speed dial. I don't oh, know no, yeah, yeah, but well, let's be honest here. Brian is a prick. Yeah, yes. But he doesn't have a line, he doesn't say anything at all, but you know a prick when you see one. Yeah, he is. Oh, totally. Which also makes it weird that she's at the opera with him because he is a complete prick. And the relationship's obviously on the rocks. It's a ridiculously fast turnaround of him getting all his stuff out. Yeah, that that's flat. why I've written that's his found <laughs> Pickford's yeah. on speed dial, right? I, I, I totally, I read that. Going, what have I written that for? That's why I did. Yeah, I don't remember. So much point there. The master turns up at the hospital, doesn't he? And uh, yes. starts some very uh, sort of creepy flirting with the nurse on the desk. Yes. I mean, I, I, I'm no Leslie Phillips, but I. Probably gather that women don't like you ripping off their fingernails and throwing them. Not usually, no. As an opening gambit, it's not really the best way to win his heart, really, is it? I would have to ask my my uncle Leslie if that was (laughs) the case. (laughs) (laughs) That's a carry on from they could never show. (laughs) Yeah, it's never really explained why his fingernails are falling off. Not really. And it's never carried on. Uh, Well, is it not the case that the body is already beginning to degenerate? Yeah, because the but, body is but they don't carry it on. It's pretty, pretty By dumb. the end of it, he's still got his shiny hair. Nah, but if they carried on, though, surely at one point, at like the end, he'd just be a head. Yeah. <laughs> Rolling around the TARDIS floor. <laughs> or whichever part the Snake Master is lodged in. 
is the last part that would survive. I do think it is commenting on later on. I'm fairly sure that the last sort of climatic battle scene in the TARDIS that he is referring to the body beginning to fade and yeah. waste away. But if it's so fast that your fingernails start to fall off after, what, two hours? Then you think there'd be more actual damage to your body three days later. It's fine though, because you know, if you look at a big massive leather coat he's wearing, he's obviously got the matching gloves to go with it. Yeah. I mean, it's, he is already angling for a part in shaft off the back of this. Shaft in Vancouver. Shaft off the back of this. That's a different film though, isn't it? <laughs> shaft off the You could see where the cogs were going in his head there, couldn't you? As soon as you said that. Yeah. Almost like, clocks! Clocks! <laughs> clocks in my head. Um, they haven't, at any point in the next scene, moved the TARDIS. No. It's still in the alleyway. Yeah, that doesn't really strike you as a rigorous examination of a crime scene. Everything no. else is tidied away except for the massive fucking police box that doesn't belong in the country. No. Nope. Uh, you know, completely out of place. Yeah, yeah. Um, unless we can talk about any sort of perception filter going on here or anything like that, but that's never mentioned in this story. <laughs> so don't be looking on that, Dave. <laughs> Alright? <laughs> I think Dave maybe suggests there's a perception that this is a good episode. <laughs> Only Dave can see it. <laughs> You've Sorry, changed. impartial. You've changed. Carry on. He's fine. You used to be weak. See now that you've got backup, you've changed. Yeah, he's fine. Look, see. You used to be a pushover. He was Lee that invited me onto this, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. <laughs> That's fine. Strike the numbers. <clears throat> then I've also written here. How has the master got in? He just seems to waltz on into the TARDIS. There seems to be no sort of lock and key. He doesn't mechanism. bother with the key or anything like that, which appears to be hidden at the top of the TARDIS. But he seems to just be able to just sort of saunter on in. I don't, is it a general Time Lord thing? Have they all got keys for everyone else's TARDIS? Maybe it's because he left mm-hmm. traces of himself inside the lock when he just threw it. So he's just reclaiming his... Is that a secret to your breaking and entering career? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is that... One day I'll go around and touch it and go, Oh yeah, I've touched this one before. You think they do that in the DNA test? Yeah, Agnes, is that guy doing from down the road? He's wanking out at the keyhole again. Call the police. He's after the television. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. Um, so then we're moving on to um, the part where Grace is back in her empty house. Yep. And is this the bit where the doctor's in the house as well? Because yeah. she does a blood test and seemingly Grace is such a dedicated member of the medical profession she has a blood lab in her house yeah in her front room yeah she's a cardiac surgeon why would she have that in her house unless something else is going on because she'd have the whole lab at the hospital at her disposal and I think if you're head of cardiology they'd pretty much let you do what you want well yeah I I think if you were wanting to check on something they'd probably go okay Unless she just happens to have that stuff in her house, because why not? Unless it's just old stuff that the hospital sold off when the the, the wing of the hospital has fallen apart. Was you know maybe kinda... she nicked it. Maybe, maybe she's not this angel she makes out. To no, be. maybe not. No, maybe it's... she's like it started with pens and post-it notes. Yeah, <laughs> and before you know it, six months later, it's a whole blood lab. That's why nobody mentions that the X-ray machine might be broken because they think she's just going to nick it. Exactly. Yep. She's something wrong with the X-ray machine. No, it's fine. Leave. Good God. Good um, yeah, uh, the Eye of Harmony is in a separate room. Yeah. In a rather large separate room. Yeah. 
This looks like a castle. Yeah. <laughs> it's the TARDIS. It can look like whatever it wants. I know. I know, but... <laughs> and it's huge on the inside. Everyone knows this. It's a bit bloody elaborate. It's like... <laughs> what about know. modern who where they mentioned the swimming pool in one of the rooms? All right, know. okay. We've all had a drink. All right, just, never show it. Let's just say it's there. Let's concentrate on the episode itself. If you've got unlimited space to play with... Yeah, you're going to make a few this bad is not design a grand, choices. This is not a grand design smackdown, right? This is for the TV movie. <laughs> Should be. <laughs> Kevin the Killer McLeod. It's just, the, 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 it seems to just be this kind of like, as soon as you see this set that they've built, you just know this is where the final bit's going to be. Yeah. Because they're going to have to use this. There's no way they would rebuild this entire nonsense with this eye-opening and all this jazz. But, but also fits with the... Victorian library, all the clocks. How does a castle fill the Victorian library? The gothicness of it all. H.G. Wells, Frankenstein, castles. You've just Dracula. Two One books second. that it's are quite a few years apart from each other. I know. <laughs> but in the same influential bubble. But it's the same gothic darkness. Let's all wear velvet coats. Black fingernails. Eric Roberts appears to be joining in and no one else. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> did the Victorians have the Ray Ban aviators as well? Yes, they did. They did. It's right. historically fact. <laughs> Come on, we've all seen the history books, right? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Ray Ban started as a Victorian uh, fashion yeah. brand yeah. for the um, British military. <clears throat> that, that's why they're aviators. It's not like flyers glasses. Aviators is the old word. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They, aye, aye. It's yeah. not nothing to do with the American Air Force. No. At all. Well, no. it's convinced me. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Can't argue yeah. with that level of historical fact. No. Exactly. Well, this oh, this oh, is what you brought me here for. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll check Wikipedia just to make sure it's absolutely true. Sorry, but carry on. Need to. It's fine. Um, <laughs> The, and the, this is the bit where it's um, the TARDIS eye of Harmony opens for a complete stranger. He's not a complete stranger. Ish. 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 <laughs> when you have to use the word ish at the end of a sentence, Dave, it's yeah. kind of a little bit of a loose one. Yeah. Um, it's. It's. No. And to be fair though, he has levers. You move the levers, it opens. And then you like sort of look into this. Yeah. No. Just, yeah. That's that's that's. It needs the eyes of an innocent. The secure gangster. Yeah, an innocent gangster who is apologetic for Thief. gunning down an old man, and then so apologetic he takes him to hospital and steals his stuff. And steals his stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because it's his now. Yeah. Um, no, it's just not. I'm not buying it. It's just a really lax security measure going on here in the TARDIS. The doors open for the master for no apparent reason. He hasn't got a fumble in the keys. He's managed to get up to the centre console and everything like that, alongside bringing in a complete stranger with him and just wandering around. There's nothing, you know, just kind of going, yeah. No, you'd think, you'd think, you know, if you're really going for it, this would be the moment for the tin dog. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no. right, I'm going to have to tin step in here. dog. <laughs> I'm going to have to step in. There is no place for the tin dog in any Doctor Who whatsoever. Carry on. There is. Overruled. Yep, canine could have come in and Eric Roberts could have just leaned and pushed him over. See, he's not, he's not totally on my side. I just thought I'd mention that just so he <laughs> fell into that. Oh, it's, it's fine. fine. He's, 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 he's he is on his side because he knew he's fine. He has managed right. to rile the impartial judge here by mentioning that tin dog. So, uh, yeah, well, there you go. So, yeah, and I thought, if I mention the tin dog, what will happen? And that happens. It's yep. Mental note, never mention tin dog <laughs> again. Right, okay. Um, 
Do you know what we got here? Yeah, and then the next bit is the Doctor and Grace who appear to be having some kind of rom-com moment in a park. That's what happens when you get a McGann. You get rom-com. It comes with a package. Eric Roberts choose scenery. You get yes. a McGann, you get rom-com. Whether you want it or not, it's going to happen. Yeah. Paul McGann has started his fair share of uh, famous rom-coms like With Neil and I. Uh, yep. Yeah. He's got a history. Are you saying it's not a comedy? <laughs> There's not much of a romantic element. No, not really. They're best I mean, friends. Getting potentially buggered really by close. Richard Griffiths is not romantic. No, that's and not. I should know. Um, um, yes, so the doctor ends up manhandling a woman in a public park. <laughs> and Grace is seemingly obsessed with sending people to psychiatry boards. Um, and then I've had to write the word clocks again. You didn't have to. Because, well, I you did. Because I thought it. by this time I was like, I'm going to have to like actually document this. You didn't have to write time. it with a sharpie and massive letters. <laughs> Visible to you across the room. How many exclamation marks do you really need? Well, on that was two. So the one at the end's got, got about seven. The one above it's got four. Oh, yeah, well, I wasn't doing much. <laughs> Clocks. Uh, <laughs> um, so the destruction of the planet seems to start with double glazing. <laughs> It always does. It's terrible. It's a yeah. shocking state of affairs. Purely to have a really 90s special effect of the Doctor walking through a plate glass window. Yeah. I think we can safely assume from that scene that the Doctor does have shares in Gallifrey's branch of C.R. Smith's. Yeah. So that's the only reason he's going straight for yeah, the, the That's the it, because that's, yeah. that's what's happening. So look, the world's about to end, so you might as well just get some decent double glazing in. Yeah. But otherwise you can just do this. Yeah. Yeah. We all might be about to die back and get some commission out of this. Yeah. And now we have the absolute shoehorned in purely for the finale, not mentioned at any point <laughs> yes. before now. We're what, about halfway through now? We're about what, we're a good 40 minutes in we're now. Good, oh, yeah. We're, good, yeah, we're yeah. a good 40 minutes in now. Atomic clock. Yeah. <laughs> There's an atomic clock. Guess what? Another clock. Well, when, <laughs> okay, it's about time, Dave. When, when do you throw an atomic clock into the conversation normally? Never. You'd have to kind of do something at the start. Surely. You'd wrap it in at the start. What, have, have somebody listened to the radio? Just, just have someone mention something about, oh, there's a grand opening of some atomic clock for the new year, for 1999, the new millennium. Oh, yeah, I might go with that. Could Grace know if I sort of mentioned that in her busy social schedule when she's the away at the opera? The hospital could have no, asked no, 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 no. the presentation. Even, no. just, even just the Prince Brian going, <laughs> going on about how it's like, oh, well, it's like you walked at the opera and, well, we'll have to cancel going to see that clock now. <laughs> Clocks! Get me Pickfords. I'm off. <laughs> Fuck this, I'm leaving, I'm taking my clocks! I'm leaving, I'm taking every single clock in this digital, analogue or otherwise. <laughs> Even the one that's on the VCR, I'm taking that one as well. As he walks down the garden, bends the sundial. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll do. That'll, that'll do. show the bitch. Screw the Romans. <laughs> no, it was the Victorians. Oh, sorry, the Victorians, yeah. Sundials with sundials and the Romans. With their books a hundred years apart. Yeah, um... Yes, um, so they call, um, they call an ambulance, because the doctor's still kind of like, you know, suffering after effects, isn't it, mm -hmm. and things like that, uh, and so it ends up being good old Bruce, Eric, yeah. master, uh, who ends up turning up in the ambulance. Which is weird, because he's evil, but he's still covering his shift to the hospital. Yeah, well, you know, he's, <laughs> it, when you're dedicated to the medical profession, Dave, yeah, then you are dedicated to the medical profession. Yeah. That, the levels of sheer professionalism, even when you're overtaken by a massive python being shoved down your throat. Yep, and you've murdered your wife. And you've murdered your wife. Still, the yeah. Hippocratic Oath. 
takes president. You're going to turn up for that old woman that's had a fall. Yep, well here we are, here's a man who's dressed as a Victorian gentleman and needs to be taken to a psychiatric ward. And then is there, are they not curious as to why the ambulance isn't taken to the hospital at any point? There's, they're in the back, there's no windows. They don't know where it's going. They're not counting the turns to see if they're going in the direction of the hospital. You'd have a general gist. Well, they, they might be distracted. She drives that every day. Yeah. From a host to the hospital. Maybe she, maybe Bruce, no, no, Bruce Hart, man, the idiot used to drive her. You would think that the alarm bells for the doctor would start sounding when he realises the driver is a guy that's almost responsible for him getting shot in the first place. Yeah. I mean, you know, if he takes his Ray-Bans off for a second... Different eyes, then. Yeah, yeah, Different yeah. eyes, maybe. Maybe you just sort of lose that. Sort of lose <laughs> you don't remember who killed you. You don't remember who killed you at all. Um, and then we get the Jelly Baby reference. Oh, um, yes. And then uh, the road is blocked by a police cordon. Uh, Grace seems to have no qualms about threatening a police officer at all. No, she, she's gone from this man's insane, he should be taken to hospital to, you know what, fuck it, take the policeman's gun. Take, right take his gun and just threaten to shoot him and it'll yeah. all be fine, yeah, it'll all be grand. And then we're into a car chase, which is not, I've put on here the exact words, not exactly bullet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not San Francisco for a start. Well, no, there's no hills in Vancouver <laughs> that they can fly an ambulance off, I suppose. No, there's just um, waste ground that they can drive through relatively slowly. Pretty much. Anyone yeah. think this was a bit Terminator 2-ish? A little bit, yeah. With like a motorbike. I can't remember who was chasing who in Terminator 2, whether it was... Um, the early one was Arnie on the motorbike with the kid in front of him, and yeah. the Terminator chasing in him the, the truck. T-1000's in the truck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then we're at some swanky do, which Grace uh, can get into because she quit. You think like she seems to be sort of she's still quit like profession. So because she was talking about quitting hospital and things like that. Yeah. Now she's given up. But she's still milking the benefits. And she's still milking the benefits. See, wow. We need more professionals like Bruce in the medical community, not like Grace. Not like Grace, no. With Bruce. A petty we, theft. We can't overlook the murdery bits and uh, you know the. Well, the, no, the it's his, his dedication to his, his his shifts is incredible. Yeah, yeah. He's punctual. He turns yep. up on time. Turns up on time. Doesn't but, take away we need to go to the hospital, but you know, we, but, but aside from this. Yeah, but you know, when he's off duty, he does a bit of murdering. But when he's at work, he's at work. Well, don't we all like to unwind with a bit of murder from time to time? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I'm well. I'm glad we're all here admitting to that. That's. Um, you did. I. I feel I'm. I'm sort of. No. No, it's fine. Taking like you've not scored any hits yet. This is all just nonsense. <laughs> you're it's fine. I'm sure I'll still win. Right. Order in court. No personal slights. Carry on. Keep to the job in hand. Teflon, any Teflon. Uh, Jeez, Christ. That's Katrina's pet name for him. I'm saying nothing to that. Um, it's not stick, you know. <laughs> they end up stealing a clock part. There seems yeah. to be some fantastic component that is needed for the TARDIS. Yes. From an atomic clock that, is, that becomes the MacGuffin of this entire sort of final sequence. Well, obviously the Doctor who's regenerating doesn't necessarily know what's missing out of his TARDIS that the, the Master go into without doing anything. Yeah. He knows that he needs this part to stop the Master. Obviously. I think a functioning Yale lock would also be handy. <laughs> yeah. You know, just to stop any random just walking in. And some salt around the door in case you guys slog his way out. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, nice. Lay out some pellets. Yeah, salt in a bowl. That'll stop them. That'll stop them. Get some yeah, beer and they'll drown in it. 
this whole sorry episode could have been avoided if it just went to the garden centre first. Yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, I have also written here, why are these people covered in goo? <laughs> Were you just looking out your window at that point? <laughs> Great now. What more can I say? Yeah. Known for weddings, but sometimes yeah. the celebrations go on long into the night. Um, yeah. And then there's a... The TARDIS has no power. Um, oh yeah, before that there's the random police officer. There's like this, some bizarre comedy bit that they try and wedge into the whole thing where the TARDIS doors are opened and this police officer who's chasing them ends up going yeah. into the TARDIS, seemingly does bike. a whole... On his motorbike, seemingly does a whole circuit yeah. around it. You know, you might as well put little kind of like cartoon Wiley County clash, clang, boom, bang <laughs> sound effects in there and then he kind of steers out the, the door again and then is never seen. But the, no. it disappears. But that's because his brakes have gone. He can't stop. He has to just keep going. That's why you never see him again. <laughs> He's under, you know, Keanu Reeves on a bike for speed three. Like... <laughs> and that's why, I, I don't know why he can't turn when he realises he's going to hit the tires. He can't just go round it. Well, he's but probably he still managed to turn around inside the TARDIS. He managed to turn around in the TARDIS. I suppose it was either, a, as far as he's concerned, when he's approaching the TARDIS and the doors open, he's like, I'm either going to hit inside this box or I'm going to smack myself at the wall behind it. Yeah. So you might as well take a chance on maybe some kind of temporal time machine being in front of you. <laughs> yeah, it's, like a, it's a long shot, but a it roundabout. He fact. does it, and it's like he's you know he's like he ends up like driving through the library, and you know that looks a bit like an interdimensional device. I'll drive into. I'll drive into that. They're all hardly quite big. Hopefully, the Eye of Harmony is shut. This could get interesting. This could get really interesting. I could spin around here. Yeah, it'll be fine. That's what we all need. Well, if you're in a tight spot in a parking space, you need a TARDIS to back into. Yeah, just spin around the towers and come back out again. I wish I'd known that when I was parking in Lockerbie this morning. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> so the TARDIS has no power, and um, Grace, uh, I'll put you here to use the uh, the professional wrestling parlance from another podcast. Grace turns heel. Yep. <laughs> Grace, and you can tell because the eyes are black. Yeah. Um, so essentially, the Doctor has two yeah. companions who are now. At one point of both in the story, of both wished him dead. Yeah. Some companions. Yeah. Useless. All companions are useless. To look at K9. Yeah, he's got a good point. He's got a good point. So it's a good point. It's fairly easy to score with you, though, isn't it? It's human good... companions. A... <laughs> All right, Mickey, the human tin dog. Well, that was Mickey. And Mickey is kind of only really there as an extension to Rose so to speak yes um, well, before you can, see, can see the cogs going <laughs> every cogs. time you know, cogs um, it's just it's, it's, it's amazing you look at him and you say something and his eyes kind of do, do you know what every time we do an episode of this he's like the diamond ball in heaven sent you have to keep punching but you eventually get there you eventually break through and break him down it's, it's, it's not yeah. happened yet no not really um, and then the master appears in full um, Tardis Gallifreyan ceremonial garb. Why? Which he must have just found in a wardrobe. Probably. Because his grand plan's coming to fruition. He wants to dress properly for it. Why? But, well, you say properly. It just appears to be like, why, why would you go to the lens of all that, you know? He's suiting up. He's getting ready for the big show. He's ready for the big finish. When have they ever worn... But the ceremonial garb was always on Gallifrey. Fine, that's no yeah. problem. A, why is the doctor kept them? 
Because they were going back to Gallifrey. Being as he's got... Yeah, so is, that, is that what they wear at funerals? Unlimited space and his wardrobe. So he's got an outfit for every occasion. Doesn't explain why he never gets changed in any other episode ever. No. He just wears the same clothes for years. Unless there's like the wardrobe in the TARDIS is just full of the same costumes. <laughs> you know, he settles on yeah. one and then just oh, replicates yeah. it again and again and again. Well, that'll be Mondays and that's Tuesdays. Yeah, it shows the practicality of the man. Yep, yep. exactly. Yep. So you might as well, once you've hit, a, once you've hit on a look. This works. You might as well keep it. This works. Yeah. Yep. I look like a Victorian chimney sweep. <laughs> Fantastic. Let's carry on. Now, where's my Ray-Bans? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> where's my Victorian Ray-Bans? <laughs> Them ones that they made. Glass lenses all the time. Glad. You any idea how what a pain in the ass getting a glass lens out of plastic frame is? Oh, specialised subject. Here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> you're, you're risking of shattering your thumbs and then scraping it through some shard of glass. If it's not the wrestle, it's a bloody eyesight. Yep, I know. Sorry, hey, um, I saw that one coming. Hey, ah, oh, we're back, and we're back, and then we have the doctor in. What is going on with them restraints that he's got? Well, they were also in a cupboard, but a different cupboard <laughs> in the corridor. Yeah. Ah, right, I see. What that. happens in the IFR when the room stays? Is that the cupboard that's a bit further down the corridor? Yeah. Aye. What they say is, I'm going to strap you up and then I'm going to open your eye of harmony. And that's it. It's the only TARDIS that has a pleasure room. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Which we, we also got from the Victorians. Yeah, we also got from the Victorians. That was amazing. Um, yeah. And then Grace opens the eye because any random can open the eye. Oh no, the master kills Lee, seemingly, before this. Yeah, because um, the master's companion turns good. For no apparent reason. The gangster decides he's on the side of Well, I think that's the whole kind of like tipping point, isn't it? They're kind of, he, he, Lee's kind of swithering on like whether they're still good inside him. He's not fully down for the gangster life yet. No, not really. No, because he's too busy taking Ford to hospital who he shoots. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's how death row records were formed, really. Yeah. I'm going to shoot this guy. Up, I'll take him to hospital. I'm all knacky stuff. Make your mind up. Yeah, right. make your mind up, pal. Gangster or not. He's the yeah. most flitting back and forth character in this entire thing. So there we go. Chang Lee, world's most inconsistent gangster. Right, yep. that can go up to the list. <laughs> well, that's going to be on Twitter later. That's not a follower lost. <laughs> Pretty much. And uh, I've put Eric Roberts is really, really chewing this one. Yeah, he does. Please, please defend this performance as I will laugh. <laughs> Not well, well, laugh like Eric Dave Roberts would laugh, completely over the top. It is an over the top performance. He's an alien master about to win against his greatest enemy. Of course it should be an over the top performance. He's got to play it big. And he's played everything so big so far that he has to go Yeah, exactly. Now. I was going to say, I could understand that if he was somewhat kind of like on a certain middle level until now and then ramps it up but no this one actually kind of goes and then shatters the ceiling he's so good the rest and of disappears over the horizon yeah <laughs> my god he is just showing his range he goes from very dialed up to incredibly dialed, dialed up. up yes there's a lot of nuance in between turn it up rip the knob off take 53 grams of cocaine and then go do it <laughs> and that's what he does <sighs> I've also got here, has anyone in this room count down from 30 to New Year? <laughs> Every year. Every year. Yes, that's what we do in this household. We have many, many clocks and we count down from 30. Do you have more clocks or laptops? 
Not yes. regarding the clocks on the laptops. More laptops than clocks. Oh, fair enough. In fact, Dave has started getting down to New Year already. Yep. yep. In- inwardly. Yeah. Wow. All the time. Even in his sleep. Even in his sleep. I see. Um, and then Grace gets chucked off a balcony. So we've got two companions, and I use that term very loosely, if the court records can actually just put that there. Yeah. Loosely. Noted. That. Noted. Loose, loose companions. The word companion companions, is yeah. the possible loosest interpretation of the word. Um, and Hangers on, that's what they are. And then we get like, it's, the master just resorts to kicking the doctor. Just, it ends up being sort of like a... A, a wrestling match. I said, please, <laughs> please. Um, no, no, definitely not a wrestling match. This is more about the air of chucking out time at Weatherspoons. Yeah, it's exactly yes. it's like the car park and Weatherspoons. It's no, this is not. This is 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 not. No. What would you like him to do? Stab him? You think you'd have like some kind of ceremonial weaponry or something like that? For he only keeps the choking for when he's at home with the wife. Well, yeah, so, we've established know. that. Yeah, but can you imagine we would have some sort of ceremonial staff or something like that in Gallifrey. Oh, ah, exactly. They used to do that and then just uh, fend him off. That would be great. No, this is just like I'll chin you, son. Yeah. And then that's it. And he appears to be in some sort of like spinal brace. In the doctor, and he's. Desperately trying to. It's to keep his eyes open so he can see the masterful acting performance from Eric Roberts. Exactly. Because he wouldn't want to miss a second of that. At this point, though, you're kind of thinking they'd have been better off getting his sister. (laughs) Yeah, like they could afford that. (laughs) Come on. Well, if you make this room smaller, then you could. Yeah. What what could Julia Roberts bring to the performance that Eric Roberts couldn't, though? Apart from by dressing up as a prostitute. Well, yeah, exactly. Nothing's past Eric Roberts' range, right? <laughs> He could manage that. Oh, actually, I did read that's what he turned up to the audition, really. Once he's Guys, I've got a new God, his knee-high boots. <laughs> knee-high boots, stockings, snake island. That's all you need. That's all you need. It's grand. Yeah. It's grand. Um, yeah, I worked for Mark Strickson. Exactly. Uh, then the master falls into the eye of harmony. Yep. And dissolves into seemingly nothingness. Sorry, right, he'll be back. I got the funny feeling he would be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then just, it's only got one exclamation mark on this one. Clocks! Clocks. Because <laughs> it's midnight now. Yep. Time. The millennium. It's about time, Dave. Let's anchor this completely in one place in time. Yes, it's about time. It's the millennium. We're yep. all going to possibly die because computers will start. That's why we've got all the analogue clocks. Exactly. We've got the analogue clocks and things like that. Even like things like your toaster will all get the millennium bug and it, it won't do it anything. It shows that the doctor's planned ahead with the analogue clocks. <laughs> yeah. He's planned behind. Well, I suppose you just... Yeah. You know. And then, uh, the one question, has the TARDIS eaten the Master? Is that it? Yeah, there is the indigestion joke, isn't there? Yeah. Yes. Oh, it doesn't fly. Not really. It's like, ha ha, let's have a little bit of humour, let's have it belch. Yeah. First yeah. instance of a burping TARDIS, though. So that does set a precedent for later, later episodes. So that ends the back. opening statement for the defence of this movie. <laughs> 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 Shall I go now? Was this supposed to be the start of a series? Uh, was this, I couldn't. Essentially, it was, was a pilot episode for yeah. the proposed series with Amblin and uh, yeah. Fox. Yeah, and was Steven Spielberg not involved in this at some stage? He was up until just before this went into production, then obviously saw Eric Roberts' performance in the Rushes at Ranamile. Yes. So. I think at some point everything that's ever been filmed in America has been linked to Steven Spielberg at some point. 
Yeah. Just because he's so involved with everything. If you ever deliver anything to his office, you could say, claim they saw your script and he was involved. On yeah. the basis of this episode then, do you think a series would have worked? It's far too... It would have been expensive, but I think they could have done it. Yeah, but and I think... very American. Yeah, I was just about to say, it's really, really linked towards breaking an American market. Yeah. Um, it's so the production values and the location, obviously. Um, it's totally meant to ingratiate an American audience to this. Yeah. But the competition for... I mean, what would you have had in the mid-90s as far as sort of fantasy shows on TV would have been? X-Files. You'd have X-Files. Would you have Buffy? Probably. Probably. Late 90s with Buffy, I think. Yeah, a little touch too early for Buffy. Maybe, I don't know. But for science fiction, you had Star Trek Next Generation was on. Yeah. I think Stargate was about to start mid to late 90s. Was that not... Was 96 not the Stargate movie? And then they did... I'm sure there was the series later on. The movie, yeah, 96. Because I remember what to see it. Which... Yeah, they did Stargate the movie turned into a TV franchise. Yeah. So they maybe thought they could do the same with Doctor Who. Yeah. My point being, though, is that it would have had a fantastic level of competition. Yes. To even do anything in America. And if that's what they were... They're basically putting all their eggs in that basket. Yes. Because otherwise, they're putting all the clocks on that shelf. Yeah. Well, one shelf, that was a lot of clocks. That's a lot of clocks sagging at that shelf <laughs> with the clocks in. Um... And I don't think, I don't think they would have picked up on it. I think it would have been too much of this British curiosity show that they've basically adapted to actually do anything. Possibly, I'm racking my brains as I can probably see in my eyes for other things that work that have done the same way and I can't think of any. There's not even... Yeah, I think Buffy might have been the closest. Well, Buffy was kind of the foundation that Russell C. Davis had for doing his first series in 2005, wasn't it? That was kind of what he laid... The cornerstone on, yeah, because he and he was probably right, yeah, as well as history has proven. Sci-fi fantasy, yeah, exactly, and it has to be, you know, it has to be, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, but I, I if they'd have made more of this, and I feel part of me feels kind of sorry for Paul McGann because I don't think he literally gets this eighty minutes on screen. Obviously, he's done the big finish ones, yeah, and he's really good at those yes um, so he, he had the chance you know he could have adapted the character and he could have expanded it a bit more he doesn't get an awful lot of time on screen to do that in no, this without Eric Roberts in his face and his big snake <laughs> and his throat <laughs> and his throat um, what happens in the trailer stays in the trailer, trailer. Um, so I, I I don't think it would have flown as a series, if they'd have made like another, what, twelve of these? Yeah, I'm not sure. It might have, but it might not. I think, I think if they had made it into a series in the states, we definitely wouldn't have no who in the UK, because of all the licensing rights would still be in America probably. Yeah, aye, because we're not going to make a Saturday morning kids cartoon about Doctor Who as well. Quite probably. I've seen like. Part of this whole deal was that they had, like, I'm sure something, maybe Bob showed me this. Um, there was, like, stills from it, because they did, a, like, a sort of half a pilot episode or something like yeah. that. That's only ever got far. But it was literally, like, a Saturday morning kids animation right. that was Doctor Who. And he 
like literally has like the look of Paul McGann, but he's got a clock around his neck like Flavor Flav. <laughs> and I could never I'll have to Google it in oh, a minute for you. I'm sure this was they sold the rights the, there was like a TV rights which was this and there was like an animation rights which was went to yeah. some Canadian animation house. Obviously. Um, it's all Canadian. Oh yeah. Because Vancouver man. Yeah. Um Yeah, but they kind of like I don't know with the whole Grace thing as well. At no point, she seems to have zero desire to travel in time at the end of this. Because yeah. it's kind of let off it. It's like, oh, come with me. Nah, I'm alright. And you could so tell, I'll put down here, they could so tell they wanted more than Mindy. They wanted a curious alien man <laughs> and with earthling woman logical and women. then rather than being in a house and him trying to live his like her life, they'll switch it around and she goes with him. Yeah. And that's what that's kind of the dynamic that it looks like they were going for. And it did almost feel like they were setting that up the whole way through. Yes, because it was. Part she's suddenly one. single. Oh. She's unemployed. Yes, and she finds out about all this stuff at the start of a new millennium. It's a new, fresh start. Do you want to come with me? No, I'll just no, leave you. Right. Yeah, she just yeah. totally. If they were going to carry on with the series, then they've kind of left themselves at the creek because he'd be on his own again, and you'd basically yeah. introduce these two characters, companions who at one point weren't dead. Yeah, because um, all the good companions do. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah, exactly. And then they kind of would have to start it all over again, and we'd have had some random weirdness going on. Yeah. With stuff, you know, and then we'd have gone, oh, it's a shame it's not Grace. Yeah, but yeah, really, exactly. it's a false start for the series, and then having to build it up again. So, yeah. So, would it have been in his best interests? Uh, we've missed the uh, the fanboy baiting final scene, though. Have we? Ah, we have. There's a bit of winching going on. The doctor gets his. Uh, Gets his tongue didn't grace his throat, does he not? No? <laughs> I, I haven't written this down. <laughs> what version were you watching? The final scene, uh, just before she turns uh, down the trip in the TARDIS, fireworks in the sky, they share a kiss, and the same here. That's <laughs> true, look, you can't see the joints. It could just be swapping out between shots. Could just be, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Anything can happen in that 12 hours of regeneration. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or however long it is. Good God. But where do you stand on the Doctor uh, getting into the winching there? Uh, is it because obviously he's carried on in this new series? Yeah. Where you know anybody he meets, he'll attempt to lock lips with. Yeah. Even Bernie Cribbins. <laughs> Who wouldn't? Yeah. We've all wanted to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Good thing. Bad thing. Well, Bernie Cribbins. Yeah. Have any of us ever kissed Bernie Cribbins? Can we say for sure? Yes, we can say for sure. Okay. Somebody has. <laughs> Otherwise, it'd be a much angrier man. Okay. Let's start summing up then. Let's get, let's get to your closing statements. So, uh, Gavin. The TV movie is guilty of crimes against Doctor Who because it's so lent towards one particular audience that I don't think it was ever going to break anyway. It tries to fit about four or five different genres, seemingly at random, spinning a wheel to do what, whatever to do next. Um, it can't decide it wants to be a horror movie, a rom-com, a science fiction show, and uh, the last part of uh, my um, prosecution uh, d uh, will be clocks. <laughs> Lots of clocks. Dave, in defence of the TV movie. It's a Doctor Who story. That's the best defence I can come up with for it. It is a classic Doctor Who story. It's got the same big bad, there's other stories, it's got the same Doctor as the other stories, and it's quite a good story. It's not the worst, it's not the best, but it's a good Doctor Who story. If you just ignore the fact that they called the bad guy the Master, 
There's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. What if, having just flashed you in the head, right? Doctor yeah. Who bad guy who only in one story yeah. and disappears, and is, I would argue, all the better for disappearing, but would probably be still relatable. What if Eric Roberts was Sutek coming back and put him into Mars? See? That would make it better for you. Yes. That's the only problem I have with this is the bad guy's the master. Because he's not the right. master. Right, so if it was literally just not the master Literally any other bad guy, you could pick any bad guy's name out of a hat and make one up. And this is a good bad guy for the Doctor. But he wouldn't have had any... If he's not the master, then he wouldn't have been regenerating. He wouldn't have had any desire to have... He could just have a shapeshifting slug. Instead of taking the master back for his funeral in Gallifrey... He's taking the shape-shifting slug reason. back to its home planet. This, this is beginning to show you the, to the territory of Frobisher goes bad. <laughs> it really is. Um, well, I do think this is a good Doctor Who story. Okay. They just shouldn't have involved the Master. Okay, right. Well, let's go to the evidence that we've had uh, from our listeners on Twitter. Uh, we asked you to just contribute your thoughts on these stories. Uh, for the TV movie, we've had a couple of... Uh, Bits of evidence sent to us. Uh, very Pete Lambert uh, said, not proven, like, like bread rather than a crime. Uh, Mysterious World of Doctor Who said, I enjoyed parts of it. Paul McGann was perfect as a doctor, and it was lovely seeing McCoy reprise his role. I think Eric Roberts was miscast as the master, and his story wasn't great. It was a blessing in the disguise that the show didn't get picked up for a series after this, though. Uh, I'd say yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because, uh, as I say, if they'd have made another 12 of them, it probably would have. The obvious intent was to break America. It wouldn't have done it. And it would have been, oh, well, we'll just. They would have broken st- Doctor Who and Stick this British curio back in the box and we'll never, ever, ever spend nine years thinking about it and then resurrecting it. Yeah. Okay. Well, comes then a decision, really, doesn't it? Uh, in my role as adjudicator. No, it's up to the listeners. It's well, not up to you. The, the, trying to make your are we doing this? Happy. Are we? <laughs> it will go to appeal, regardless of a decision. The, view, the listeners will get to choose. But in my own personal opinion, given the evidence that's been presented in front of me today, and the evidence from the listeners... Oh, let's guess which way this is going I go. can see your points about the TV movie, Dave. I can't... The listener that I, there are flaws. Some very big flaws in the TV movie. Flaws? But <laughs> there's not enough clocks. <laughs> it's exactly that. There's not enough clocks. But on the other hand, it does act as a bridge to what we now have. Without the TV movie, we probably wouldn't have got the new series as we know it now. It could have been the case that Doctor disappeared for another 10, 15, 20 years or never come back at all. I, but like I say, there are a lot of flaws in the TV movie. Uh, a lot of things that don't work, a lot of continuity shoehorned and it doesn't really need to be there. But I think on the whole, the TV movie, solid bit of Doctor Who, has its flaws like most all episodes of Doctor Who does. So I'm going to come down the side of not guilty of crimes against Doctor Who, I'm afraid. I think it's got enough going for it that it excuses if, it, if it's small crimes. So the court has decided. <laughs> and everyone in the court is shocked and stunned yeah, by that. Cameron does have the look in his face, he's about to glass me. So uh, I'll, I'll throw in the caveat, it's not up to me. So we'll go put it to appeal. Listeners, you get to decide. We're going to put a poll up on Twitter. Uh, You've changed. 
You thought you had a new friend and then he's, that's fine, man. Yeah, I feel a bit nice. spat in his face. Uh, but it does come down to the full of you, the listeners. So we're going to put it on appeal, give it a chance to be pardoned for its crimes. If you think no. the Doctor, <laughs> if you think the TV movie is guilty or not guilty of crimes against Doctor Who, go and vote in the Twitter poll. We put it up just after the episode comes out on iTunes. Got seven days to decide. Cast your vote. We'll reveal the results in the next episode. So no, we won't. We will, but the magic of post-production and editing. Ooh. Ah, see? Ah, ah. This is how slick we are now on iTunes. Yep. So, guilty for the moment. Not guilty for the moment. You see, you can't even... Make I can't even decide up. myself. See, anyway. that's, that's the Freudian slip in the play there. <laughs> yeah. I think he's just said not guilty just to give it a bit of spice. You know yeah, what that's I mean? what it is. I, that's it. I think, too, in all honesty, deep down, deep down, he believes it to be rotten to its very <laughs> absolute core. Well, as we always say in the post box, it's not up to us. It's up to you, the listener. So get voting. We'll reveal the results in the next episode. Uh, that wraps up the TV movie then. Yeah. Uh, we are recording these in blocks of three now, uh, rather than just winging it whenever we got a free night before. Yeah. So uh, next episode, we're going to go back to the classic area of Doctor Who. And, uh, well, it was safe to say a monumentous episode. It's a big event episode anyway, we're going to be talking about Earthshock. Oh yes, of course it's monumentous. So yeah. we're not going to watch many there. Of course it's monumentous. It's probably one of the uh, main... Uh, if you're going to make a league table of monumentous episodes of uh, Doctor Who, then um, yeah, Earthshock would be probably in the top uh, two. So I think you see which side Cameron's going to come down for this. <laughs> Earthshock, uh, well, let's leave it to next time then. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the Polis Box. Uh, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at the Post Box or email us if you want at the Post Box at googlemail.com. Uh, until next time, I've been Lee. I've been Dave. And I've been Cameron. I'm going to leave you tonight with the uh, silky, smooth tones of Mr. John Levine. Take it away, John. Here we go. Tonight was fine. Feels like a world on our shoulders. Through the clouds I see the shine It keeps me warm when I put over Thank you.